Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're proud to say that Bet DSI have rejoined us once again as one of our keynote sponsors on Three Yards Per Carry. We welcome them and we welcome you to join up with them. The NFL season obviously kicks off at the weekend. The college football season has just got underway, but it's not just limited to football. The baseball playoffs are coming. Uh, there are a myriad of other sports out there that you could bet on. There's entertainment things, there's politics things at betdsi.com. They have a great app. I've used it myself. I know the boys have used it too. They have a great mobile interface. And you know, this year, you can get 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. That's 101% match bonus on your first deposit of up to $1,000. Use the code YARDS101. As always, YARDS101. Bet DSI for all of your betting needs and other ones that you probably didn't even know existed. YARDS101 with Bet DSI. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. Simon is missing in action. We're hoping that he can join the show a little bit later on, but remember, we have a huge time difference. He is in Japan, after all. I do have Chris Kaufman here. And we're going to start with what is going to be in essence our trade deadline show and all the rumors of this dolphin going here and this dolphin going there all we ended up seeing was something that we could have all predicted and that is the end of Kenyon drake's tenure with the miami dolphins we'll get into you know what the trade was because i don't think it was much you know we didn't get much for him but what do you make of his career here i think it's an incredible disappointment. Your I think it's missed missed opportunities. Basically, um, I, th- I I'm curious how he's going to do in Arizona. I, people are really down on him, and they're saying they're, that he's he's a disappointing player, and that he's going to go off. He's not going to be good elsewhere and stuff like that. I'm I'm not so sure I buy that because again, I always go back to sort of the efficiency and and stuff like that. Um, 
and I get he has weaknesses. I understand that. But at the same time, like if you look at his career in Miami and you look at the offensive line blocking that we had, you know, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry his entire career in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty getting damn good. And he, and he not only, not only did that, but he had like, you know, he had like 900, almost thousand yards receiving and, and six receiving touchdowns in his time in Miami to go along with a 1500 yards rushing. Um, that's good. You know, that's really good. And, and I'll give you, I'll give you another stat since we're, since we're talking about stats and I was looking this one up. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake averaged a run of 10 yards or more every 9.15 carries. Yeah. Do you know what Ricky Williams average was as a dolphin? No. 9.15 carries. Yeah. I mean, that's, so, so uh, that's not surprising to me, although, you know, I think people would point out that, and Frank Gore kind of made this a little bit more obvious, but he was caught, he would be caught behind the line of scrimmage more often, clearly. Yes. No. And, and also uh, Canyon Drake, Drake did. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, Drake only had 333 carries here compared yeah. to the 2,000 that Ricky Williams had. You know? Sure. So um, but also Ricky Williams, you know, he had he played here years where he was a little bit over the hill. So, you know, it kind of washes out a little bit. Um, yeah, just, just missed opportunities because you know, a lot of people will say, you know, and I think you've brought this point up, the last six games or whatever in, in – 2017 where he was featured and he and he really he really uh, rang the bell as far as his production went you know why what would have happened if you did, did that more often mm-hmm. um i don't know <laughs> i don't know I don't but know maybe we're about maybe we're about to find out because he's going to go off to arizona and david johnson's hurt right now and uh, and i don't know you know where he is on his his career and injuries and stuff like that but He's he's going to get an opportunity there, and I don't know what would have happened. It's I think I think it could have been a lot better than it was. I think this was a, an efficient player that, for whatever reason, our coaches continually platooned. And I think these are coaches, to be fair, that want to platoon running backs. You know, Adam Gase made it clear that. He was going against his own nature when he started to feature Jay Ajayi, and it was only because Jay was having like these ridiculous games. Um, and he so he made it clear that he wanted to do committee, and that's what he did. And I think that these guys that we have right now, they want to do committee. That's their that's their nature. Uh, if you look at New England, so you know we'll see, we'll see. I, uh, but I'm I'm cringing a little bit because this is one where I think he might go somewhere else and be really good maybe not Wes Welker but you know good yeah and uh, let me say this Uh, if we all go back okay we don't have to go too far you know all we have to do is go back a year and you remember the last six games of 2017 uh he led all backs on for total yards he had uh three 100 yard games he had the magical game against the the Patriots where he had almost 200 yards from scrimmage and if you remember that offseason Everybody was penciling in Kenyon Drake as as a superstar running back for the following year. To the yeah. point, to the point where, and I looked this up today, his average draft status for fantasy football, and I know, I know listeners that you right now you're rolling your eyes and saying, is this guy bringing up fantasy football? Well, fantasy football is in fact production. So this is production people are projecting. 
the following year, people were drafting. His average draft position was in the third round, okay? So we all knew this. Adam Gase knew this. And what does Adam Gase in the front office go out and do? They go in to get Frank Gore. And from game one against the Titans, he's in a timeshare once again. Yep. So we're not in the building. We don't know what happened, but they got the same information we got with our own eyes at the end of 2017. And you brought up a good point that maybe it was a complete accident that he got the ball so much at the end of 2017. Because if you look back at the the box scores of those last six games, uh, the most you can find is there was one game where Sonoris Perry got three carries. And -hmm. there was another game where Damian Williams got two carries. But if you dig a little bit deeper, they had a ton of injuries in the running back position. So maybe it was a complete accident that Kane Drake became the, the featured starter. And maybe it's a complete accident that those numbers happen and they never really intended for him to be the featured starter. So Gaze even said this though, when, when he traded Jay Ajayi, mm-hmm. he said, I'm never doing that again. He said, I'm, you know, they were, cause they were talking about, you know, Hey, are you going to, think about are you going to think about Kenyon Drake as sort of a, a featured back or something like that in, in the wake of this and he said I'm I'm never doing that again I'm just you know he it was clear that he was going against his own nature to do it with Jayajayi and he felt burned for it yeah you know and so so he was never going to do that again and um and I think <laughs> I think as you say oh it just it was serendipitous for Kenyon Drake over those last couple of games that he ended up getting featured as much as he did and he ran with it he was really good but Adam Gase it didn't matter he was already burned for this he wasn't going to do it again and so they got Frank Gore and you know what Frank Gore was good yeah he was Frank Gore was really good Frank Gore was Frank Gore I don't care what his age was Frank Gore was Frank Gore and the the Hall of Famer that he is he was in that year if you really look at what he was doing for the team he was phenomenal for the Dolphins so no shame in platooning or committing, you know, being committee with Frank Gore to me. So I, I think that's fine. Mm. It, it's just the next year, you know, here we go with Kalen Balaj. For some reason, the coaching staff are, are fascinated with Kalen Balaj. Then they're fascinated with Mark Walton. Kenny Drake was still getting the most snaps of anybody mm. for sure. And he was, he was being you know, extensively used in the past game, but you know, clearly the staff wasn't as comfortable with him. Then again, he had told them pretty early on, basically, I don't want to be here because <laughs> they offered him a contract and they didn't even, you know, his supposedly, reportedly, his agent didn't even reply. Yeah. And that's and saying rumor, something. Yeah. And the rumor is that it was probably an insult. So if we're guessing, yes. we're guessing but, maybe, you know, the kind of contract that you offer a second or third back three mm-hmm. four from back. that point on i think that it was you know they may have given him the most snaps but they're like okay you're short timing it here mm-hmm. and to us in a year that we you're short timing it in a year that we don't care about you know and that that says everything so um so his his production or his, his snap shares and stuff like that this year are going to be a, very influenced by that I just ultimately, I look at the talent. I listen, I didn't, I'm not biased here. I didn't like the guy coming out of college. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't want to draft him. I didn't think that he was, you know, I, I looked at other guys at Alabama and I thought they were good. Um, 
and I'm biased the other way. I liked them yeah. a lot, and I wanted JHI gone. While JHI was was playing hero down here and taking us to the playoffs, I was <laughs> I was secretly rooting against them because I wanted Kenyon Drake to get the ball. Right, but I mean, I so I was the opposite. I didn't really like the guy in college. It's just he changed my mind because of what he did from his rookie year onward um, on the field. And, and so that's what makes me sit back and say, you know, I wonder, be careful here because he's somewhere else now. He's in Arizona right now. Who knows where he'll be next year. Um, I would not be surprised one bit if we're talking about, you know, Kenyon Drake finally, finally finally getting what we thought that he could do you know from fantasy production standpoint all that stuff and the main difference will be opportunity you know somebody that just sticks him on the field more somebody that gives him more carries somebody that you know isn't as pass heavy as as Adam Gase was or isn't you know what I mean like it's just going to be more opportunity more snaps and he's going to do the same things that he was doing on those little on those fewer snaps and those fewer opportunities, except on, on, you know, that's what Lamar Miller did that mm-hmm. um, when he went off to, to Houston. Uh, so I, I'm be careful on this one. He might, he might be one of those ones. that was like, yeah, yeah, wish we wouldn't have let that guy get away. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody a little bit earlier, not on Twitter, but uh, in real life. And this person was telling me, look at Tevin Coleman. You know, you can find these guys. You throw a rock and find a guy that makes a difference. I submit to you that Tevin Coleman, uh, the Falcons, letting him go was a huge mistake. Oh, yeah. I believe and, you. I absolutely believe you. Okay. And I was a huge fan of Tevin Coleman's while he was in Atlanta. And I remember I – remember, I, I, I think we were talking on the WhatsApp chat. And I was telling you, wait a minute. Tevin Coleman, all he got was $4 bucks from yeah. the San Francisco 49ers? Crazy, huh? And I was thinking to myself, this guy's going to make a difference. This guy's good. He, or maybe you know, he already is. Maybe I mean, he's he... completely washed up, you know, and I don't know anything. You know, maybe the coaches know a little bit more than I do. And sure enough, there he is. And he's obviously a mistake for the Atlanta Falcons. I submit to you, it could be the same thing with Kenyon Drake. And I'd hate to see it. You know what I mean? I'd yeah, hate you, to hate see to, it. you hate to see it. You hate to I... see it because the whole point of this is to have players that are good, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would have been a nice little thing to have Tua Tunga Bailoa have to dump it off to Kenyon Drake for six yards, and Drake takes it fifty. You know, it could help a it could help mm. a young quarterback out. But you know, we're just gonna have to settle on handing over Preston Williams and possibly Devontae Parker, who was actually having a decent year, to Tua Tunga Bailoa, and as along with all the other draft picks and free agent signings. Now. This was a very, very quiet trade deadline because everybody was expecting everybody to move everywhere. And the only thing we did learn was that the Jets were selling everybody but ended up only selling Leonard Williams. For a third and a fifth. Yeah, for a third and a fifth, which... uh, And they had to give up money to make that happen. Yeah, and I didn't understand. And and if you read a little bit further, uh, Jamal Adams, they were close to trading him to the Cowboys, and their asking price was a first and a second, and the Cowboys balked at it. And I've heard more than that. I mean, there's there's a report that they asked for two firsts and then another pick that was not necessarily just like a seventh rounder too. Well, that's like, crazy. There, I know, right? And it seems like maybe that was the the Dallas Cowboys leak. You know, <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys trying like, to make them look to make them, bad. Yeah, 
make them look bad. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, there's so there's a lot of there's a lot of noise out there about what the but clearly they were they were close and it didn't end up working out and that's great because the Jets are one in what are they one in uh, six yes right now and they are going to play the Dolphins two more time two times including this week and um, yeah I mean you don't want them to be selling off all of their talented you don't want them to sell off Robbie Anderson who could who really could do some damage against us yeah Robbie Anderson Robbie Anderson was close to being dealt today and there was also a rumor that they were trying to pawn off Le'Veon Bell which is yeah kinds of hilarious exactly so so they're trying to pawn off Robbie Anderson Le'Veon Bell uh, Jamal Adams they clearly were trying they did pawn off Leonard Williams so that is a little bit of a blow uh if we're hoping to lose to them when we play them the the next two times um but they didn't manage to put into part with any of those other guys and that's to me that's a big win for the Dolphins because you know the Dolphins you look at our end and we'll talk about it in a second the Aqib Talib thing all we did is is grab a a broken a broken down corner who's on the verge of retirement probably and is actually on IR so he cannot play mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yet the jets were trying to sell off assets to go tank and just like us yeah and they couldn't do it and they couldn't do it they couldn't do it you know we got rid of Laramie Tunsil and Mika Fitzpatrick we got rid of Kenyon Drake we got rid of Kiko Alonso and um and a number of other veterans uh, and to, on this this road to Tank Town, and uh, and they only managed to get But a lot of that, but a lot of that and, and I've heard a lot of people try to characterize that as something nefarious. A lot of that happened organically. Like nobody wanted Kiko Alonso here. Nobody. Okay. The Tunsil Kiko Alonso thing, didn't want Kiko Alonso here. Yeah, and the Tunsil thing was, a, I believe, a trade of opportunity. The, the Micah Fitzpatrick thing was just an unfortunate incident where, you know, he just lost his mind right, right here. You know he forced I mean? it. He doesn't like anybody here. So I think – I do disagree. I think on the Laramie Tunsil, like, they could have shut that down. I mean, we mm-hmm. we thought, you know, hey, Houston asks about him. Yeah, Houston might have asked about it, but Miami just shut it down, right? Yeah. Miami just said no. I and think that's all you have to do. You just have to say no. Yeah, I think they got intrigued by the two first-round picks, the second-round pick, and being able yeah. to dump – Kenny Stills' salary. But they didn't – but the bottom line is they didn't say no. They right. said, what can you do for us? Yeah. And, and that's the difference. And in the end, you know, that Houston pick right now is uh, on Tankathon is sitting at 22nd overall. Um, the way Deshaun Watson is playing, you know, you think that might even go a little bit higher than that. Uh, yeah. Or, sorry, lower, I guess. Um, and, uh, and, the, and so you're thinking, okay, that, that pick's going to be a low first. Um, you know, I don't know year to year. I mean, if you're projecting the year after that, it, you basically just go with whatever happened this year and say, okay, you know, it's going to be that year. So two very low first round picks for Laramie Tunsil isn't as great as people are thinking. <laughs> you know, Although I think that the, the, the Steelers pick is going to be better. The Steelers uh, haul for Minka yeah. is going to end up being better than Laramie. Yeah, and Laramie was twice the player that Minka is. Yeah, although you can spin it this way. you got two firsts and a second for Laramie Tunsil, right? What if you turn one of those firsts into a pass rusher in the offseason? Somebody's disgruntled. You know, I'm not saying that this guy's going to be available, but let's. Say Are we somebody... also going to turn him into a left tackle? Because we need one. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. But 
in the end, can you flip one of those first round picks into a premium player and then say, look, you know, we lost a premium player, but we gained a premium player and we still have another first round pick. Can you, you got like a 30% chance of that though. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the odds that we're, that we're talking about with each one of those. So you add them up, you know, maybe you got like 50, 60% chance of, of getting a, a premium player out of it. Um, and that's, those are the odds that the Dolphins are going to be playing. But it's like, it's not a certain thing. You know, we, we took Charles Harris at the end of the first round. Where is he? Yeah. You know, what's he doing? Is yeah. that a premium pass rusher for us? Yeah. And the Micah Fitzpatrick trade is basically a do-over. And I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I think we have a good shot at beating – 11th overall with that pick because good god that Steeler team did not look good on Monday night that yeah they I mean lose a lot Mason Mason Rudolph I think I almost think as much as I'm because I didn't really rate Devin Hodges and De, um that that well coming out as much as I hate to admit it Duck Hodges probably looked a little bit better than Mason Rudolph when I saw him play mm-hmm. the other night or the other week um, versus Mason Rudolph last night, who was shaky, who's really bad to start the game. He started to settle in and make throws, and he can make throws, but my God, he was holding the ball for a long time. And, and we, you know, it just so happens Miami can't get there, right? But um, because they don't have pass rushers, but, you know, other teams, yeah, I wonder, that's going to be, you know, Pittsburgh, they're not tanking. They're not, they weren't selling anybody off um, at the deadline today. Um, but, you know, I, I do wonder about that going forward. I'll tell you who else, though, we won on. And that's the first off, the Redskins didn't manage to sell off Trent Williams. And even better, when they didn't manage to sell him off, he came back. <laughs> so he's, he's back on the active roster. He's going to play. He's, this is a premier left tackle in the league. One of the and now he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing for the one and seven Washington Redskins. They had been, I mean, even though we won, or sorry, we lost to the Redskins, um, there's no tiebreakers in the NFL draft order thing or, or that are that are based on head to head or something like that. So, so I mean, if we get a win, then we'd be competing with the Redskins, the one and seven Redskins, um, for that first overall pick but now they got a big presence back on the offensive line that's going to help them a lot um and the other thing is the Bengals the Bengals did not manage to sell off anybody either and they were trying uh they they started going into the tank they were refused uh reportedly to trade AJ Green and he had the entire league after him so you know that's a guy that could beat us by himself in in the tool bowl and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna come back. He's gonna come back, and uh, and you know he's gonna be good, gonna be a good player. Hopefully, hopefully beat us. Now the thing that they did do, on the other hand, is they benched Andy Dalton. Yes, and <laughs> and, and, and fourth and they're they're starting a fourth round pick. Yeah, Ryan Finley, and yeah. I don't know that he's Gardner Minshew. So, um, yeah, Gardner Minshew was sort of like you know manager of chaos in, in college, and and. Yeah. He didn't have talent, but um, he he could do that. I don't know if Ryan Finley is that. Ryan Finley is basically Ryan Tannehill without the arm strength, mm-hmm. and and that's I guess that's attractive to Zach Taylor because you know his halcyon days were as Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill's quarterbacks coach. Um, but uh, you know that's i I don't know if that's gonna work or hopefully it will he looked really good in the preseason i'll admit i'll say that 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, he was one of the few draftable non-starters that I had. Gardner Minshew and Ryan Finley were my two guys in the draft that I'd be like, I would still draft them even though I think they're going to be backups. Um, still, rookie. I mean, eh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's ouch. It's a bit, it's a bit scary. Although if they're handing him AJ Green, AJ Green should have car blanche to destroy us because another piece of news on the trade deadline day is that we shut down Xavier Howard. And I like the I like the the press release that accompanied it. It said he does not have an ACL, he does not have an MCL. He actually has no you know, no actual injury really. <laughs> but we're being precautious. <laughs> In the in the words of Henry Hodgson, uh, who follows us, yeah. <laughs> and he'll enjoy this. He, he has a torn. He has a TCL. Yes. <laughs> he has he has a tankial collateral ligament tear. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I got pretty nervous yesterday. There was one collision where he came in hot on on James Conner, and I was like, "Whoa, that that thing had concussion written all over it. Why is this guy still in there? You know what mm-hmm. I mean?" And sure enough, a few snaps later, he's standing on the sideline with a beanie on his head. And yep. it looks like his night is over. And I'm thinking to myself that maybe the coaches saw the collision as well and mm-hmm. said, you know what? I don't think we need this. Well, I think, you know, he was in the medical tent getting checked out. And I think he is, he is probably struggling a little bit with that knee. But it was just like, nah, we're done. Halfway through the season, just about halfway through the season, he wasn't ever going to – he was never going to finish the season. He was yeah. never going to finish the season. They're they're only going to they're going to put him on IR or something as soon as they had an excuse to. I yeah. think. I mean, as, and yeah, as, so, as soon as he that's had the way a, it is. A, a legitimate excuse. Mm-hmm. He was gonna he was gonna move on from this. And they had and they they did it. They created the excuse a little bit by having him miss the last couple of games, and then you know this game he's he's sort of in and out, and okay now now he's gone now he's. He's going safely on IR where he cannot help us win anymore. Now, I'm, I'm going to admit I got really excited for about 30 seconds until I thought about his age and what the trade was actually about. But the Dolphins acquired a former Pro Bowl and possible Hall of Fame cornerback in Aqib Tlaib. But not really. <laughs> Explain really. to the people what they actually did because this is a guy that I wanted to draft. 13 years ago and i've advocated for signing every single time he's been available well yeah, we you, finally got him the problem is that we got him when so he's much. absolutely broken and pretty much done literally and, literally broken yes and he headed broken toward ribs. and headed toward the sidelines which yeah. could be he's, it could be something good for us actually in in the long run maybe he becomes an assistant secondary coach so they did not they did not buy a keep to leave they bought a fifth round draft pick that's what they did um and so this is this is what this is what's happened he's he's on ir and i i guess he can come off of ir technically for us maybe week 15 or 16 somewhere around that line or somewhere around there and maybe if we want to give him a couple games worth of tryout and if he's up for it and you know who knows whether he's up for it um then we can do that. Maybe these coaches are going to work on him a little bit. They have prior relationship with him. They coached him. Josh Boyer coached him in 2012 and 13 with the New England Patriots. Brian Flores was there as the safeties coach at that time. So they have a relationship with him. Maybe they're going to butter him up and say, you know, hey, what do you think about kind of a low-level contract in 2020 and, and staying here as a 34-year-old, help 
help teach everybody, show everybody the ropes. And that's what he is, is sort of a teacher too, because he's been being mentioned. I've seen him being mentioned by some people uh, in the know on him as, as a potential coaching candidate. Like maybe the Dolphins will take him on as an assistant coach um, because he's viewed as that sort of presence in the locker room. So maybe, maybe they could try and make something happen with him in a future year. But really what's happening is that he represented about four-plus four million dollars um, that the Rams were going to have to pay him, and the Rams decided that they didn't want to. And the Dolphins were like, well, we'll take that responsibility off your shoulders uh, or for the price of a fifth-round pick, and we'll even flip you a future seventh-round pick in exchange. And that's what the Dolphins did. So much like when they uh, exchanged Ryan Tannehill for essentially um, $7 million that they paid of Tannehill's contract, contract the Dolphins did for a fourth-round pick, they, in this case, paid $4 million in exchange for a fifth-round pick. And with Robert Quinn, if you recall, they paid about $1 million of a roster bonus in order to facilitate a trade with the Dallas Cowboys for a sixth-round pick. Uh, so, you know, they're kind of pricing it out. They put up about $12 million, I think, total uh, of, in order to buy draft picks. And they bought, I think, um, equivalent of just a fourth and a, a fourth and a fifth round pick because if the, the, with the Quinn thing, they gave they got a sixth round pick for Robert Quinn, but they also gave a sixth round pick back to uh, on the Tannehill deal with Tennessee so they've netted a fourth and a fifth round pick for about 12 million dollars that they've essentially purchased like this is the NBA okay now let me ask you this because on NFL Network they kind of panned the trade and they had Charlie Cassidy and I know that you know we have our own jokes about Charlie Cassidy but no he's his own joke (laughs) yeah I, I, I tend to agree but Charlie Cassidy was up there and and he said uh I'm quoting almost verbatim here he said, God bless Steven Ross, because if I ever asked my owner for $4.2 million to buy a fifth-round pick, I might have been fired. But God bless Steven Ross that he's willing to pay that much money for fifth-round picks. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to say that he commissioned a study that, that went back almost 20 years that suggested that 20% of fifth-round picks actually play significant, enough significant snaps and that if you price it out that they actually paid twice what they should pay for a, for that pick because they could actually get the equivalent in free agency for about two million. So, yeah, well, that's that's where he's got the disconnect because, okay. and that's where that's where he's wrong. And okay, explain it, I to, would dis- explain it to people because I ha- there was a lot of people on our Twitter account that were really confused about. And to be honest with you, uh, I kind of understand the machinations of this, but I'm also confused because. If I'm asked to pay $4.2 million for a fifth-round pick, I would say no. I would tell Chris Greer, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, here's what you have to think. So it is, it is going to be hard. And actually, Charlie's numbers on 20%, I, I would put it more like 15 But um, of the fifth-round picks that turn out to be consistent starters, uh, and that's where you really nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to with a fifth-round pick to get $4 million of excess value. That's value over the rookie contract, you know, cause the rookie contract is pretty cheap. Um, so you're, you're hoping to get somebody that's more valuable than that rookie contract and free service for four years or whatever uh, with the fifth round pick. It's going to be hard to get that. That's true. 
Um, the problem, the disconnect and, and the disagreement that I have with Charlie is he's just assuming that that $4 million that you plunk down in free agency is going to get you $4 million worth of value which is absolutely false, okay? The returns on invested capital in acquiring other people's free agents is notoriously low, okay? It's not quite fifth round draft pick low, but it's very low. And so, you know, you go, if you spend, say, $20 million on a smattering of mid-tier free agents, uh, how much value do you think you're ultimately going to be able to get off of that? maybe 10, maybe $10 million worth of real value coming, coming out of that, you know, cause half of them are going to be not worth it. They're, they're going to end up being off the roster and playing poorly for you. Um, if playing at all and, and stuff, this, this is what happens when you acquire other teams, free agents. This is, I mean, this is not new. Um, the reason that everybody focuses on re-signing their own guys is because of this. It's hard to acquire the talent from the outside. And then you got a new system, you got new coaches, you got new teammates and stuff like that, and new new city, and um, all these extraneous sort of risks start entering the picture. Um, anyway, the, the point is that you spend $4 million, you plunk down $4 million on free agency, you probably only, only expect to get a $2 million return on that to begin with. Uh, and that's if you're pretty good at it. So I think that, yeah, it kind of does match up. You know, you know, they spent $4 million on a draft pick and, and that they're going to get about the same return from that as they would get if they just plunked the money down in free agency. And the difference is that these people that are running the Dolphins right now prefer the younger guy, the drafted kid, mm-hmm. because of, I think, the fact that he's a little bit more moldable. You know, like he's a little bit more uh, the younger kid, the guy that you grow for your own system. You know, he doesn't have to get, he doesn't have to be valuable to the rest of the league. And look at New England. We, we see this over and over again. He didn't have to be valuable to the rest of the league. He just needs to be valuable to you and your system. And that's um and so that's that's the maybe the deciding factor. But I, I agree, you know, that this is boy, that seems like a, a a steep price for a fifth round pick, but it makes sense when you look at it in that context. All right. Now on the way out here, um, were you surprised that they didn't buy anything? Because I, I really, uh, the more I heard about what was happening with Trent Williams, you know, maybe they really were that stubborn, but I always got the sense that he was a depreciating asset and that we would be able to t- just toss a second-round pick their way and they'd give us a seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle. But evidently, that's not, that's not what happened, and that wasn't going to happen. But are you surprised that we didn't buy anything? There was, I know there was a few guys, especially uh, namely a, a linebacker from the Browns, that got sold off to the the Eagles, I believe. So, Jannard Avery. Yeah. yeah. So um, were you surprised that they didn't actually buy anything with all this all this capital that they have? I think that they probably had a, a list of players that they could have bought. Uh, it's just you know it's it's like it's like in fantasy when you try and trade. Yeah. Um, everybody's asking way too much, and you're like, well, I guess nothing's just going to happen, and yeah. that's what happened across the league. I mean, if you look at if you look at Jamal Adams, you know, they were ready to get rid of him, but then supposedly they might have asked for, yeah. you know, there's a know. report 
that they asked for multiple first round picks. And then I know a little, and little bit about that this morning because I, I try I offered Mark Andrews and the premium of Terry McLaurin for Travis Kelsey, because I believe Travis Kelsey is about to take off after having a pretty rough start to a mm-hmm. season. And I got met with no. <laughs> yeah, just no. And and I was exactly. like, wait, 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 wait. I'm looking at your receivers, and your receivers are garbage. I think you can use a very slight and probable, you know, statistical upgrade in Mark Andrews, but a huge upgrade over your your wide receivers because I'm just handing you a premium of Terry McLaurin, and the answer was still no. So, and this is why I said this this is why relationships matter, right? Yeah, it happens in the NFL all the time because. Uh, people wonder, oh, there's never any trades in the NFL. Well, you know, have you, have you ever tried to make trades in your fantasy league? Right. Everybody's still human, okay? And but in the NFL, there are trades between teams that have relationships. Absolutely. That have personal relations, you know, executives that have personal relationships and stuff like that. And Miami has a few of those. That's why you're going to see them constantly making trades with, say, the, the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> and um, which they, they keep doing. And um, – and that's just because they have a relationship there with Jeff Ireland. There's some trust. Um, so, yeah, I think that – I think relationships matter. I'm not terribly surprised given that, you know, the environment that they didn't make very many trades, especially also given their – you know, listen, they want young. They want cheap. They want hungry. They want, um, you know, moldable guys. Uh, they don't necessarily want – a Trent Williams to come in. Certainly not this year. Um, so, you know, they don't, they don't want anybody that's going to impact, you know, a impact the year this year, but B is qualifies as basically somebody else's free agent that you don't know how they're going to react when you, you try to get them here and try to do the things that you want them to do. I don't think they're into that. And that's what's going to make the next off season so hard and so interesting is because we talk about like they had a hundred million dollars to spend and stuff like that. Well, they're going to have to try and spend it and go against their nature in doing it, you know, which is part of why they're, they're selling $12 million for day three draft picks yeah. this year between Ryan Tannehill, Robert Quinn, and, um, and what's this, you know, the, just now um, that we gave up. I, that's why they're doing that. They're, they're going to get – they're more comfortable drafting people than they are signing other people's free agents. And, you know, and that's the way this, it's going to be. Yeah. And this off season is going to be more about, you know, selling people on, mm-hmm. on, on this role because today on, on the Hawkman and Crowder show, Channing Crowder were saying like he was talking about that. He would actively go out and try to sell a keep to lead to be on the roster next year to try to, you know, bring the young guys up. Yeah. And Hawkman was telling him, how do you sell him on that? If he can play, if he can move, like, would he, you know, he's a non-restricted free agent. Wouldn't he just go to New Orleans and chase a Super Bowl? You right. Know, uh, you know, and isn't he from New Orleans to begin with? I don't know that. Uh, he went to Tulane, so I don't know yeah. if, if that means anything, if that's where he's from. No, actually, no, he's from Los Angeles, I, I think, I believe. Well, what you have to hope for, I think, in free agency is, is one, you know, if there's, if there's a total implosion in New England, like Tom Brady leaves yes. and people start to – you know, just jump ship there, um, then you might be able to shake off some free agents, especially if Miami – so Miami's got to get to a tongue of Vilo for a number of reasons because that buys them that buys them the street cred. If they've got yes. the number one overall pick and everybody knows that they're going to get to a tongue of Vailoa, I think that buys them the street cred 
to actually be able to pull in free agents. Uh, and they could sell that to some of the, say, the New England guys or former New England players, like, say, a Logan Ryan, um, you know, and just say, hey, why don't you come back here? You got familiarity with our coaching style, our coaches, our system. Uh, we're going to have the next franchise. I mean, the other quarterbacks in our division, if Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, are a disaster. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and we just picked up Tua Vialoa. So, hey, come with us, be here for the next decade. You know, that's a sell. That's a real sell. So that's, that's the hope. But, you know. We'll yeah, and, and the icing on the cake is always come be rich in Miami. Sure. And the state uh, of Florida, which is actually a the, really the tax thing. And, you know. Yeah. So technically, you're really only, because come on, Jacksonville, like really? So you're technically yeah, right. only competing with Tampa Bay, with the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're betting on, well, Tampa Bay is probably still married to Jameis Winston for another year or something like that. You have I don't know if they will be. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. It's insane but, how Jameis Winston could be so bad one game and then be terrific the next, right? It's, but they're not in great position to get somebody else. Like right. on Tankathon, they're, um, they're number nine right now. Uh, they got a shot at seven or eight wins. You know? Yeah. So, well, I, I don't know. They're two and five right now. So I think we're looking at more like five wins, but, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so they're not, they're not in great position right now. They're, they will be looking at somebody. They'll be trying to figure out, you know, a Jordan love or a, uh, a Jake from or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe even trading up for, for, for that guy. I wouldn't be surprised knowing Bruce Arians. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that try to, to try to polish up Jordan love. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're they're not looking at. So it's not the same sell with that quarterback as it would be with with Tua Tagovailoa. But one thing I'll say, I wanted to bring this up, mm-hmm. is you know, let's say we won next week because we're playing the Jets. I know, and I, I know it's hard to think about, but it is also the Jets, and it would be nice to embarrass Adam Gase and the Jets. Um, let's say that happened. We would be on Tankathon because of the strength of schedule advantage. We would still be picking number three, and the two teams in front of us are the Bengals and the Jets, right? So the Bengals would be number one because they have a bye week this way and this week they can't win. Um, the Jets would be number two because they ha- they would have the same record as us, but they have a strength a slight strength of ske- uh, schedule advantage over us. Mm-hmm. The Bengals and the Jets play each other. Yeah. One of them's getting a win, right? So, so I mean, unless they talk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, right. But I don't even want to think about that. Um, so, one of them is getting a win. So, if the Jets get the win, then, again, they've got two wins now, and they're, they're, out, of the, they're out of it with us. Or if the Bengals get the win, then now they're tied with us on record, but they don't have a very good strength of schedule. It's, it's too high. Yes. So we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump them. We're gonna leapfrog right over the Cincinnati Bengals hmm. if um, if the Bengals beat the Jets. So one of those teams is gonna win. What that means is, and then the Dolphins play both the Jets and the Bengals one more time, right? Hmm. So what that means is our destiny is still in our own hands. We still control our number one overall pick destiny. All we have to do is make sure that we lose to the Jets and the Bengals. Yeah, and another thing that happened, and I think we could close with this, and this has nothing to do with the tankathon, but Bill Belichick. Uh, first of all, I didn't know that that his son was actually calling the defensive plays. I don't know if you picked that up, but yeah, 
he's calling the defensive signals and his son looks like a creep. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> he always has. <laughs> okay. But Bill Belichick came out and said, eh, you know, in his own, you know, grumbling manner, I might coach, you know, past 70. Mm-hmm. He has 300 wins. He just reached 300. Don Shula is sitting at 347. Mm-hmm. Quickly on the way out. Does he catch coach Shula? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think my well, gut has always 47 told him. and he has the rest of this year to get, let's say he gets, well, but what, what do they have right now? They got six. Four, he right? needs three. He needs at least three more years to get there. Right. And, and probably more like four. And I'm just going to say, I thought this year, my gut has been that this year, Tom Brady is out after this year, mm-hmm. that this is all one last swan, swan song for Tom Brady to try and win a championship. I think he's out after this year. And I think that Belichick, May not follow him immediately, but it won't be long after. Like, I don't think he stays on and coaches New England for three more years after Tom Brady is gone. Mm -hmm. I think he coaches in New England maybe one more year and doesn't like it and leaves. Yeah, I'll make a prediction. I'll make a prediction. Um, If you ever watched the, the two Bills, which is a really interesting, and I understand, yes, it's Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells. Yes, I know. I know you want to carve your, eye, your eyes out with spoons. I understand that. Watch it anyway, okay? So this is a recommendation from, from me to all our listeners. Watch the two Bills on NFL Network. I believe it's on On Demand. Watch it. And listen to Bill Belichick talk about how fondly he thought of the New York Giants as a team and as a concept. Hmm. And I've said this before, I believe, on the podcast. I think he ends his career as the head honcho with the New York Giants. It's a job he has always wanted. And I could see that as, you know, as his, you know, his cherry, his cherry on the top of the Sunday, you know, on a great career. He runs the Giants, you know, and I'm pretty sure that they'll, they'll throw Gettleman off of a cliff to get Bill Belichick to run the entire organization. So I Definitely. He could, be, he could be the coach. You, you think they're not going to throw – Pat Shermer off a cliff <laughs> for yeah, Bill Belichick. They, yeah, maybe they say, "Hey, you know, Bill. I mean, come down here and you run the entire show. You got everything." You know. I don't know what Bill would think of Daniel Jones, but maybe, maybe he would think well of Daniel Jones. Who knows? Yeah, and and if you watch that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to fake that you know th- that type of fondness. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he was actually asked about the New England Patriots, this and that, and you you could tell that he kept changing the the subject to. Now the New York Giants, you know, I always thought that was going to be my job. You know, I was sure that as soon as Bill left, that I was going to get the job, that that's the job that I always wanted. And that he woke up the morning that he had the Jets job, he was thinking, well, I got the wrong New York job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you could tell that he has a real fondness for that, for that organization. And it's, you know, and that organization still is run by the Maris. So, yep. You know, he's always, he's always, and this isn't the first time. I mean, he's, he's expressed outright before Yes, that that's just like, that's a dream job for him. Yes. I think he said that. I think he mm -hmm. said, that's my dream job. Mm -hmm. And trust me, when you're Bill Belichick and you're a unanimous first ballot hall of famer, you get your dream Mm -hmm. job eventually Mm -hmm. if you want it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think, I think when Brady is done, you know, like I said, either he might leave right away and Josh McDaniels take over, or maybe he does one more year, I don't know, to try and set them up or something like that. It, but maybe even I doubt that. I don't know. So we'll yeah. see. 
All right. Well, this is a pretty meaty episode. This is a trade deadline special. We hope to have Simon for our next show, which should be dropping in a couple of days. But that's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.